Country Crossover, brought to you by Waterforce Winton and Gore, your local company with two conveniently placed depots. From design to installation and servicing, visit waterforce.co.nz. I can smell the cynicism in her breath from here. Joining us in the country crossover, thanks to Waterforce, somebody who wanted a Scottish song, so damn it, that it's as Scottish as they get. Rowena Duncan, how sakes. Oh, Andy, you've excelled. No, don't worry. I'm not cynical about the uh, 500 miles I'm going to be. Uh, no, well done, well done. Uh, things are fantastic. And uh, as I speak to you, I'm looking out on, I don't know if it's an ocean or a sea, but I'm right at the very top of Scotland. I'm at John O'Groats and uh, staying with someone up here, Sally Crow, who has done rousing in New Zealand. And nice. it's just funny, yeah. Uh, I was in Dingwall yesterday visiting the Vice President of the NFU Scotland, uh, Alistair McNabb, who happened to know someone at the auction mart, who happened to have hosted Sir David Fagan on two nights beforehand, who had a friend up here, uh, who when he heard this is where I was heading, he put me on to Sally. I was staying with Sally. Uh, she has got so many connections that I know. Uh, she's cousins with Sandra Faulkner from the East Coast. Like, it's just such a small world, it's ridiculous. And that's the thing, all the contacts you would have established as well um, at the sharing over the last week or so. Um, yeah, you're, you won't have to go to any B&Bs, will you? <laughs> oh, it's honestly been amazing. And I said, look, I just spent two days in Aberfeldy and everyone was like, oh, straight away, are you staying with Martin, the president of NFU? I was like, actually, no, I was staying in a hotel. Uh, so this is the first time I've actually stayed with people. But because I was born at Aberfeldy in New Zealand, which is between ah. Wanganui and Ratahee, uh, yeah, I thought it was really cool to come and visit Aberfeldy over here. So I had two nights at the um, Monest Resort just outside of... Aberfeldy there and it's just so beautiful it's so green and then yeah came up to the Highlands uh, yesterday and as you're kind of going into the Highlands it's like going through parts of the Lindis Pass you know where it is really high yeah. they're all rounded hills and you can see the, the um, damage to them from the snow and it's really like a lot of central Otago. And as you can tell, I've been doing a lot of talking, so my voice is just awful. But it's been so interesting over here. Uh, obviously, the shearing didn't go as we planned, so I really enjoyed uh, visiting some farmers while I've been over here. Well, you've been networking. That's what you call it. You're not talking, you're networking. Exactly, exactly. Look, you will go far in life, Andy. Uh, so the first farm I visited was up on the east coast, so not too far above, um, I'm actually not sure quite where it was, but it was at Montrose, and the farmer was Andrew Sterling, someone who I've connected with on Twitter for the last couple of years, you know, like we were chatting right through COVID and yeah, stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And his, he and his family have got the most amazing setup over there. So they're probably one of the biggest um, potato operators in Scotland. So they uh, grow potatoes, they wash them, they peel them, everything on site. They've got these enormous sheds. Uh, then they bag them themselves, weigh them all, uh, put them in uh, plastic kind of crates. And the next person who touches that bag of potatoes is the consumer and Aldi. So they supply Aldi when they came over and established themselves in Scotland. The other thing they do is they're making these ready mashes. So they make like potato mash, cheesy mash, uh, this 
called Cannon Mash, which has got uh, two things in it, and it's kind of an Irish mash, but they have it here in Scotland. Uh, and they just have them in it like they cook the potatoes, they make the mash, they add in the cheeses and the ingredients and stuff. And then literally you open it and pop it in your microwave at home. And they've got an enormous shelf life. So they're kind of doing different ways of doing things. Uh, they've got big baked potatoes. So they get the big potatoes, they wash them, they put them in packets of two in the plastic and they kind of vacuum seal those. Then they cook them. So they steam them, they get them up to 90 degrees. Then they go through a cooling process for an hour then they get boxed up and they're great for students because it's a pound for two baked potatoes, three minutes in the microwave or something, they've got a meal, not an hour, hour and a half kind of thing. So, yeah, that, just how they're doing things and how they're innovating was really, really interesting. So that was my first farm that I visited. How's farming over there in general? What, what's the feeling? Yeah, so that was kind of a bit more of a sense that I got Um Oh, also with, with um, Andrew over at Mayor um, Montrose, uh, just legislation really frustrating for them, similar to us. But my next son that I visited yesterday, Alistair McNabb, the NFU vice president, uh, you know, they're doing uh, pedigree limousine cows, some amazing uh, TOP stuff going through, looking at their genetics and everything like that. Um, but, you know, he crosses a, a railway station at bisects his farm. So he picks up the phone every time he wants to cross the railway line, yeah. talks to the operator, finds out how far away the train is, and then decides if he's going to wait or if he's going to um, make it across and stuff. So that was really interesting. But he said, you know, a lot of the things, I and mean, he took me up in the Highlands to visit a crofting sheep farmer as well because like, the crofts are something that I had no idea what they were they're little parcels of land that were given when people were kicked out of their clan estates and it's just it's a really huge thing the history and how it came to be over here and all of them were saying you know it's really hard to make any money over here the North Cheviot um, sheep farmer we were talking to, you know, he lambs, he's 220 sheep, I think he had 179 lambs, everything's lambed inside, um, because he said they can't afford to lose a lamb, like they are such on the bread line and their margins are just really, really minimal, it's really hard to make a living, they said, when you're in farming, and like for Alistair, I know he had to purchase his farm off his parents. And he said it was really difficult because all of the models that they looked at when you were looking at doing your farm budgets and stuff like that are built on having been handed down generational farms rather than having to kind of start from scratch in essence when you're purchasing it outright. And he said, you know, one year they made a loss and it nearly finished them in farming. So they really changed how they're doing things. So, but yeah, they, they basically said it's not really you're doing a lot of work over here for not much in return when you're farming sometimes. And Sally, who I'm staying with at the moment, she's got a lot of, she's trying to generate passive off-farm income uh, through doing seminars, through teaching people, uh, and it, just to make it really worthwhile. It's really interesting. It's very different to New Zealand. Uh, just finally, because you're due home in a week or so, you're off to Switzerland or somewhere next week, is that right? Yeah, yes, yeah. so I've got um, 
few more days around Scotland. I was going out to the Isle of Skye on Saturday, but I've now been convinced to go to Lockhearn Head uh, where there's just sheer incompetition. You're a sucker for punishment, eh? Oh, I really am. And I did kind of be like, but I, you know, I'm never going to see Sky. And they said, look, it's just full of tourists. And I was like, well, what do you think I am? Yeah. Uh, they said, you'll enjoy this much more. And there's a holy afterwards. So they kind of had me at that. I haven't been, really been doing much in the way of uh, going out in the evenings yet. So, uh, yeah, I'll go down and do that. But, yeah, three days in Switzerland, we had a Swiss exchange student when I was um, in sixth form at school. She's kind of like, well, as an only child, she's pretty much the closest thing I've got to a sister. So mum's loaded up my suitcase full of presents for her two kids. Um, and I spent six weeks with them when the young, the eldest was three months old. And I haven't kind of been back since, and he's now seven. So, uh, yeah, we'll just be spending a bit of time with her and um, teaching her class she's a teacher, teaching them how to play ripper rugby, so that'd be cool. Nice. Hey, Ro, we'll leave it there. Um, I've actually found your tune. Here's Sandstorm with the bagpipes. Oh, Hang no. on, here we go. I'll push pause. <laughs> you can't say I don't go the extra mile for you, Duncan. Wow, is it the extra mile or the extra 500 miles? I appreciate it, Eddie. Boom, but a bunch. Hey, we'll leave it there. Happy yeah. travels. Chocker Wilson's filling in next week for me, but um, we'll leave you with a bit of sandstorm, mate. Enjoy it, and um, see you in a wee while. Brilliant. Take care, my friend. Rowena Duncan in the country crossover. That is a bit punishing, that tune, but we've got to run with it. Up next, uh, we're the guru from Weather Watch. His name's Phil Duncan.